Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six, four, Welcome to our Thursday edition of the 643 Podcast with me, your host, as always, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. Where can you go to hear my dulcet tones? Well, you can go to the podcast park where you can find my show, along with the shows of all of your other favorite 680 hosts, uh, or really just anywhere you download your favorite podcast. It should be on just about every platform now. So like and subscribe. You can keep along. We do shows every Tuesday and Thursday here at 643, along with the Saturday morning show creatively called, you guessed it, the 643 show with Dylan Short every Saturday morning, 9 to 11 on 680 The Fan. So, um... Some good news from yesterday's game. Now, the Braves and Charlie Morton uh, didn't have a great look the night before. We'll we'll discuss that a little bit later. But on the happier note, just from last night's game, the Braves win 6 to nothing, looking uh, one of the better games you've seen from them in a while. They've had a couple good games interspersed here and there, but last night's was, was a very, very good game from start to finish. They win 6 nothing, avoiding the sweep against the hapless Diamondbacks. Uh, really shouldn't have been in that position. Should have won this series pretty easily. We'll talk about that later. But the offense with another double-digit hit game, that's two in a row for them. 12 hits for them. Austin Riley with yet another home run as he is now officially in his nuclear mode. A multi-hit game for him last night, and he has just been crushing the baseball lately. That's super important for this Braves team. When Austin Riley gets going with that big power advantage. Now, when Ronald Acuna is is kind of back and, and feeling like Ronald Acuna again, and he's had his timing mechanism down, I'm sure we'll see him pop off with quite a few homers. Matt Olson, once he consistently starts lifting the ball some more, we'll see the home runs from him. But Austin Riley is the guy in this lineup who you can look at and say he can hit you 300 and he can hit you 40 home runs. That is kind of a different combination. Now, Acuna can do that too, but it's just Ronald Acuna is just a unicorn. Um, but it's not, you, you need more. In this day and age of baseball, you need more than one star player. So Ronald needs some help. Ozzy Albies. I would love for Ozzy to be that guy. Ozzy hasn't hit a home run since April 29th. Uh, and Ozzy, over the past few years, has not been that guy. I know he had the 30 home run pop-off uh, last season. Uh, but actually, if you look at his numbers and Dansby's over the course of their careers, right now, I believe Ozzy is actually a slightly lower WRC+. Plus. So while I love Ozzy Albies, he's not the, the consistent superpower type of offense. He's not the consistent Robin to... Ronald Acuna's Batman, or or more of what I'm looking for here, uh, the the Superman to Batman, or the uh, I don't know, call called the Green Arrow to Batman. Uh, if you guys like any comic book references, or the Iron Man to Captain America, I don't know. Whatever one of your your 
comic book team-up leagues are. That's what I'm kind of looking for here. And Austin can definitely be that guy. Now, he's he's got to nail down the defense a little bit at third. Not having Freddie over there to scoop the balls out of the dirt. I don't care what you say about how scooping balls out of the dirt isn't a big enough deal to record it in defensive stats. It is, and you can tell from the other fielders. is they they There have been a lot more throwing errors this season for the Braves, it seems like, than there were a season ago. A lot more of those that are just balls that Freddie would have picked. That doesn't mean that they were good throws, but it just kind of shows that Freddie was able to kind of cover up some of the issues some of these guys have before they dial in their throwing arm. So Austin does have to get better with the defense. Um, lately, he's been doing better. I don't really look at errors overall to define how good defense is. If I did that, then I would think Fernando Tatis Jr. was the worst defender in baseball. Uh, there's more to it than that, but for Austin, he... he he does need to kind of dial that in just a touch uh, and that'll help his overall game. But offensively, you're starting to see him come around and it all, for me, it all hinges on Austin's walk rates. When he's, when he's being selective at the plate, then pitchers don't want to go in on him. They don't want to go in the zone to him if they don't have to. And so Austin can kind of guarantee if he's getting breaking pitches, he's generally not going to be getting them in the zone, which means he can kind of cheat a little bit towards the fastball. Now, Austin's kind of gotten caught up in this in the past where he'll he'll cheat towards the fastball and he'll fall behind on some off-speed, particularly sliders. And you've seen that a little bit from him this year. And that's something that I think can get ironed out as the season goes along. Earlier this season, he was sporting his, his highest walk rate with his lowest strikeout rate. Now his strikeout rate is higher than it's been since 2019 in his little call-up, and his walk rate is back to what it was in 2020 at 7.8%. I'd like to see that come up a little bit more from Austin. I think it will. He's had a little bit of bad luck if you go by his uh, by his his ex-waba, his expected stats. He's been expected to perform a little bit better. Right now sitting at 259, 330 with a 513 slugging percentage and a 133 WRC+. Plus. Uh, good for a 1.3 F4 overall. And those are numbers that I do expect him to improve upon. He's putting a lot better at-bats together lately. He went through a really, really tough stretch not too long ago. So it's nice to see him coming out the other end of that. I think he is supremely important to anything the Braves want to do to try to get back on track this year. 13 home runs for Austin so far this year on his course. And I, I still think he's got a shot to get 40. I think the month of June here, he's going to really go on a big power surge. And, I, and he kind of already has, and I expect it to keep going. seems like every game he's getting a home run now. Uh, but he's really just the second talking point for this Braves offense. As William Contreras, who got a start last night when Ronald Acuna sat, William Contreras rewarded the Braves with the three for five night with two doubles as well. And this is a theme for William Contreras so far this season. He has just absolutely crushed baseballs. And he needs to be in the lineup every day or almost every day. And wherever that comes in at, whether it's DH, whether it's catcher, I don't particularly want to see him in left field, but it needs to be between DH and catcher. At this point, he needs to be the starting catcher over Travis Darnot. He's got a better catcher's ERA, which, you know, it's not, not, it's not a foolproof stat. Um, but it just goes to show you, how much better Williams' defense has been this year uh, behind the plate. His game calling, look at what he's done with the pitchers that he's caught through the minors. Uh, He's just, at this point, William needs to be in the lineup pretty much every single day. You have no excuse not to have him in there. It's another RBI for him. He is now hitting 302, 380 with a 714 slugging and a 1095 OPS. And it is pretty criminal to me that he can't seem to find consistent playing time. Seven home runs for him this season uh, in not a lot of games. William Contreras at this point, so far this season, has been the best hitter on the Atlanta Braves, and he's playing part-time. He's got 71 plate appearances with seven homers. He's got a WRC plus of 197. He's been worth one full F war in 19 games. That's pretty crazy, especially from a from a 
guy who's getting a lot of time at DH, which doesn't allow you to accrue a lot of defensive stats. This is a guy that should be in the lineup every single day. And even if you say he's bound for regression, which is x Wobble would kind of show you that he is, it still would be pretty incredible. His x Wobble's is 418. I mean, he's, he's just... Everything he's doing right now is working. Everything he's doing is is pretty much perfectly timed. And again, similar to Austin Riley, he's achieving it because he's, he's one, cut down the strikeout rates from what we've seen in the past, but he's also walking a lot. And that, I think, is the big true value for William Contreras. I don't know if this is going to be kind of what he is from now on, that he's a guy that's consistently going to be up in that 275 to 300 area with his average. I... I, I tend to not believe that. I think the more he catches, the more that kind of wears on you. Catcher is a very, very hard position to play every day and still perform offensively. So even when he is the de facto starting catcher, I'd like to see him split a lot of time at DH just to save wear and tear on his legs. Um, but you can't deny that what he does is he makes massive, massive contact. He barrels up everything really well. At some point in the game, whether he's, you know, he's not a guy that's going to strike out a ton. He can go through spurts of it for sure, but he's shown that, you know, he's, he's not a 30% strikeout guy. Typically, uh, he, he, he puts good swings. He hits the ball very hard in 92nd percentile and max exit velocity. Now his framing doesn't get good grades, but again, it's because he's not playing a lot behind the plate. You got to kind of take those with a grain of salt. Uh, he's at a 90, just over 90 mile an hour average exit velocity. And that's good to see from him. Uh, his sweet spot percentage at 38.6. That is the key. That the, How quickly and how, how often he gets a hard hit ball and how often he barrels pitches. Those are things that he does exceptionally well. Hard hit percentage is a cool 50% for him. So I need to see him in the lineup every single day or at least four times a week. I, there, there's no... I don't care who has to sit if, if Marcelo Zuna has to sit. So you can have Duvall on left and Contreras at DH. And then you can have Darno sit for the next game. And Marcel can DH and, and William can be behind the, tr- the plate. However you have to do it. I don't really care. But you have to have William Contreras in the game. And I know Marcel over his last 15 or so games has done pretty well. Uh, he's, he's got a 916 OPS. It's still lower than William Contreras's. Contreras has to be in the game. That, that's just it. Point blank period. Have to have William Contreras in the game. Uh, and I think that opens the door for some interesting possibilities towards this trade deadline, which we'll get to in a second. But I do want to talk about Kyle Wright, who pitched yesterday. And last night was a really cool outing from Kyle. I say that a lot after Kyle Wright outings, because there's always some other takeaway for me whenever I watch him pitch. Like last night, he didn't really have the command working, walked a lot of batters, but his stuff was still just so good that he was able to go out there and give you six innings. He only allowed three hits. He had five walks in his six innings and only had five strikeouts. But his stuff was so good that he was generating weak contact when he needed to, threw 101 pitches in those six innings, 64 of them strikes. And again, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was really good of Brian Snicker to kind of let him keep going. Uh, The Braves have had to use their bullpen quite a bit over this series with the Diamondbacks, surprisingly enough. Uh, And then it was nice to get a little bit of length out of Kyle Wright and get him his seventh quality start in 10 outings this season. That's the same amount as Max Freed. What Kyle Wright has essentially done is he's essentially completely taken the place of Ian Anderson in the hierarchy of the Braves' young prospect type of guys this season. As Ian Anderson has struggled to not only give you good starts consistently, but to do quality starts consistently, which is a far more indicative stat than uh, win-loss record. Quality starts are six innings pitched with three runs or fewer allowed. That generally lets you know more about how well that particular guy is pitching. And for Kyle Wright, he's just been exceptional all year. His ERA is a cool 241 with a 107 whip. 
that's just excellent, excellent pitching by Kyle Wright. A great way to get through it. Now, again, it's Arizona. They're not the best team in the league. They're not the best offense in the league. But to find a way to to navigate the lineup and, and throw a shutout, while you don't have your best stuff or your best command, which last night it was more a case of didn't have his best command, that's that's an outstanding job. That's not something that, that I would have said from Kyle Wright last year or the season before that. And, you know, I, I don't like saying that every time I see a Kyle Wright start, but you, you do kind of want to give him the credit that he deserves and that he's, he's made such a market shift this year from where he was in years past that he's a totally different guy. And he looks a lot more like the potential top end of the rotation arm that the Braves thought they were getting when they drafted him out of Vanderbilt than the guy that we were hoping might be able to solidify into a five at some point in time if the Braves didn't get tired of of being patient and, and have a Sean Newcomb situation on their hands. So great job by Kyle Wright. Colin McHugh came in and threw two innings after that of, of perfect baseball with two strikeouts. Jesse Chavez came in for the final inning and what should really be the only time you see Jesse Chavez when there's a, a big lead or if you're down big. Uh, he got two strikeouts in his one inning of work, and the Braves secured a 6 nothing victory, also keeping alive their streak of not winning or losing three games in a row. And that's important. Uh, Kyle Wright's emergence is so important because with Charlie Morton, I, I, I don't like to say this because I really like Charlie Morton, and I really respect him, and I really respect what he's done. But at this point, we are we are past the point of worrying. Now I'm, I'm starting to, to kind of be I'm, I'm starting to confirm in my own mind that he did kind of fall off that cliff as he had another bad outing against an Arizona offense that had a lot of lefties but just more of the same from Charlie where he he didn't walk a lot of guys but he wasn't consistently around the zone he couldn't throw his curveball very well and which has been kind of a theme from this season he just wasn't getting the the curve where he wanted it allowed four runs all of them earned in five innings pitched two walks, one home run, and five strikeouts, which strikeouts were nice. But he threw 83 pitches, and only 53 of those were strikes, and that is not typical of Charlie Morton. That's just that's a, that's another case of Charlie really just not looking his best. And that game, Tuesday night's game, that was enough to make any Braves fan vomit, as the Braves had a lead for much of that game before giving it up in the 8th, ninth, and 10th, as the Braves continue to be awful in extra innings. Uh, you had Charlie, who allowed... Four. There were five runs when after the fifth, after the fifth inning, Charlie was responsible for four of them. Uh, so AJ Minter allowed, I believe it was a sack fly to fairly deep center. Uh, but then he he finished off his inning of work, allowed one hit. That was obviously that hit there. I believe it was a Cattell Marte uh, hit as well. Um, Colin McHugh came in after him, had a one hit, but it was clean otherwise. Then you got to Will Smith, who allowed one run off of two hits. Uh, that was uh, in a strikeout that he still qualified for the hold. And then you had Kenley Jansen come out and fans ran on the field. And this is the second time that that has happened to Kenley Jansen as he's been getting ready to, to enter a game. Now, I don't want to give the excuse to that, but it, it does kind of throw you off the routine a little bit. But if you're Kenley Jansen, you've been around Major League Baseball for long enough to where that type of stuff shouldn't throw you off your rhythm. Uh, as, as He just didn't pitch particularly well. Uh, gave up the lead, blew the save. Jackson Stevens had to come in in the 10th inning, and he allowed two runs of his own to eventually get the loss. Uh, as, and for Jackson Stevens, is, uh, that was hard to see because he's been so good so far this year. Been such an, an awesome story for the Braves and just came out of nowhere. He's been pitching fantastic, uh, and, and they've needed it because a lot of those other guys in the bullpen have kind of struggled a little bit, especially with consistency. Uh, so I, I hope we're not really seeing 
him kind of devolve a little bit. He's had 18 innings out of the bullpen so far, nine and a half strikeouts per nine, two and a half walks per nine. Uh, has had a has had a good ground ball percentage, 52% ground ball percentage. That's what I like to see. Uh, 250 on the ERA, his ex-ERA is 299. His FIP is 348. So even if he kind of regresses to the mean, which he probably will, um, he, he still pitched very well, and, I, and I'd really like to see him uh, continue doing what he's doing. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see how he can go. He can play an important role. I don't think he has to be the guy that pitches in a blowout or the last guy out of the pen. I think now that Strider is in the rotation, looks like to stay, I think you don't make that move unless you think Jackson Stevens can kind of collect a little bit more of the, the middle innings or mid to low leverage type of situations. I think if, if he can do that and he's shown that he kind of can, then, then I think that I'd like to see him a little bit more. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be looking to add at the deadline. Uh, as I know, the Braves are 10.5 back, but it's expanded playoffs. Uh, they're, they're, still in, in, they're still in contention for a wild card. And I don't think the Mets are a truly 109-win team. I think they'll kind of fall back down to earth at some point. I think Scherzer is done. I haven't heard anything on DeGrom, which is generally not a good sign. Uh, you, you'd think if he was getting closer to being able to come back and pitch, you'd start seeing some some tweets and uh, some news from the Mets talking it up but I haven't seen any of that yet so not really for somebody like me who loves walking watching Jacob deGrom that's not a good sign typically that that generally means things aren't uh, progressing the way that people were hoping or at least were optimistic that they would kind of go and and that helps the Braves because I don't think the the Mets are a true 109 win team and I think at some point they stumble and while I'll take a wild card berth I want division wins I want to win the division and then go on to win from that I don't want to I don't want to be a consolation prize through the playoffs I want to win the division and the Braves didn't come into this year looking to just make the playoffs by being a wild card team they looked to continue to stamp their their dynasty or their their budding dynasty on winning the division especially for the Braves Coming, obviously the 90s, and you had the, the 14 straight division titles. That's that's what these guys were looking for. That's what they want. That's what they all want. That is kind of the first, at least for me, it's still the first thing that comes to mind with the Atlanta Braves is the consecutive division titles. That's the World Series. Don't get me wrong. The World Series is the most important thing. Uh, but that 14 division titles, that's something that I don't think will ever be accomplished again. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. 91 to 2005. Now, granted, don't count 94 because the season didn't finish. But that's one of those things that is going to be an Atlanta Braves thing, at least through the end of my generation. Uh, now, when I die, maybe it'll be different. But through my generation, that's probably going to be the first thing that you really think of with the Atlanta Braves, unless they go on to win multiple World Series, which obviously is a plan. I think the Braves are, are a team that 
certainly has the talent enough to do that in the right circumstances. This year has not been the right circumstances at all. It's been a case of when one part of the team is working, the other two aren't. You haven't gotten consistent outings from your starting pitchers. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you and just say that the Braves are, are, are just a slow team. Sometimes they are that way, but they just aren't, haven't been playing very good baseball. So it was nice to see them play good baseball last night as they get to go to Colorado for four games starting tonight. It'll be Ian Anderson versus Austin Gomber. Now, anytime you go to Coors, it can be a very crazy outcome. Uh, and especially this year, as the home run rates in Coors actually seem to be up, believe it or not. It's like the one place in baseball where the home runs seem to be up. I mean, I know there's others. I know for most of the, mostly across the league, home runs are, are significantly down. Uh, but for Colorado, they seem to be up. Now, Colorado at 22 and 26, one of the few teams right now that are actually uh, below the Braves in the standings from who we're playing. Mm-hmm as the Braves have, uh, thanks to last night, now at 23 and 27. Uh, this is not a place you want to be where you're tied with the Rockies or, or close enough to the Rockies in record. Um, Gomber's a guy that, he was the key piece in the in the Nolan Arenado trade, and nothing about that, Olin, that Nolan Arenado trade will make it a good trade. Um, but Gomber is a guy that the, that the Rockies do like, and he fits a lot of what they like to do with their pitchers there. So they want guys who can generate ground balls. And that's something that, that Gomber typically can do uh he's got a pretty inflated era of 551 so you think okay i can get to him now his fip is a 433 which generally speaking wouldn't be something that i would say is great uh but in in cores that's not necessarily the worst his xfip which is uh is 399 that's kind of he's not been great but he's not been as bad as his overall numbers would indicate uh now he is a uh, lefty which means we'll get to see right-handed ozzy albies i hope we'll have Ronald Acuna in the lineup as well as William Contreras, as I think William Contreras should have kind of taken the spot from Travis Darno at this point. Um, we'll see what happens. I haven't seen the lineups announced yet. Game is at actually at 840, so there's still a little bit of time before they need to get the lineups out there. Uh, for Ian, it's going to be a case of he's going to need to bury his off-speed pitches and make sure that he's getting ground balls um, and, and try... <laughs> Try not to throw 30 pitches in the first inning. Give it a little bit of length, please. The Braves are, are on their fourth game in a row here at the very least. They've, they've, had, a, uh, they've had to use their bullpen quite frequently lately. So any, any amount of length that Ian can give you would be, would be really, really good. Uh, I don't know how Ian's going to work out in Coors. We'll see. They're, again, they're not a team that, that truly like frightens me or anything like that. But, I mean, you do got to watch out for C.J. Crone. Um, Connor Joe can hit pretty well. I don't, I don't even know outside of that. They're, they're, the Cardinals are a bad baseball team. You got Chris Bryant, obviously, but the Cardinals are, or the, the Rockies are not a good baseball team. They're not a, a very talented roster. Um, they aren't, they really, they started out well and it surprised a lot of people. And then they remembered that they're the Rockies. So again, much like with the Diamondbacks though, just because they're a bad team doesn't mean you get to waltz in and win. You still have to play the game of baseball, uh, because the Diamondbacks aren't a good team and the Braves lost that series to them. So right that ship. Starting tonight, Ian Anderson versus Austin Gomber. Hopefully the Braves offense can uh, bring the lumber a little bit, just like they did in Arizona, and bring it to Colorado, and we can see some home runs flying. I know it'll make me feel good. I don't, I, even if it's the Coors effect, I don't care. I just want to see the Braves hitting some home runs again, just to make me feel good. Um, and, and like I said earlier, getting William Contreras in the lineup every day, that's what you need to do, because I think that is one of the, the biggest things this team can do to get at least more consistent offensively. And I happen to think that William Contreras might actually be better than Travis Darno defensively at this point. Game calling wise, it's getting to be where the numbers are supporting William Contreras right now. Now, I don't know about framing. Again, it's hard to take anything from his framing. He hasn't played a lot of games. So even if you see that he's in the 15th percentile, 
that's going to be a function of he hasn't had as many pitches to catch and frame as a lot of the other catchers. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him getting better at that as well. It's been great to see uh, just how much he's focused on his defense uh, from, from what was really bad last year and at times in the minors as well. It's good to see him really focus on that, and he's being rewarded with it offensively. And that does open up some possibilities towards the trade deadline of maybe floating Travis Darno to some teams, maybe a team like San Francisco. I've been obsessed recently with trying to find a way to bring in Mike Yastrzemski to this team. I think Yastrzemski is the perfect type of player. Now, you could say Jock Peterson as well, um, and I, I don't think the Braves would be opposed at all to bringing Jock back. I think uh, Jock has had an incredible run this year, but I think the Braves, if, if I'm the Braves, I'd prefer Yastrzemski. Now, it'd be hard because Yastrzemski is such a fan favorite over there. They, they love him in San Francisco, and it's easy to see why. He's got big-time power. He plays good defense. He can play every outfield spot, lefty over there, and, and just a, one of those type of baseball players that you love to have on your team. Uh, but he is a guy that if I'm Alex Anthopoulos, you know, you and Farhan Zaidi came from essentially the same type of tree, the same evaluating tree. So you've got to figure that the Braves prospects and also having my, uh, Brian Bridges uh, over there in San Francisco for quite a while after leaving the Braves kind of would lead you to believe that they would have kind of the same premium on the same type of prospect. So that if you're going to work a deal out with somebody for a guy like a Mike Yastrzemski, the Braves would be a really good option because the Braves would kind of know which people in their system the Giants would really value as opposed to maybe some of the other ones. And Yastrzemski on the year, the reason why I'm so big on him, it's not the overall home run numbers. He's played in 40 games at this point. He only has four home runs. But he's got uh, he, His strikeout rate is down to 16.5% this year with a 14.6% walk rate. He is an on-base machine this season, hitting 295, 405, 465. Uh, that's good for a 384 Waba, and that's actually been unlucky for him as his ex Waba is 407. Mm -hmm. That's a 150 WRC plus from a guy that can play multiple outfield positions. You can kind of play him all over the place. He's not exactly fast. He's not really young. He's 31 years old, but he still has plenty of control. He's not a free agent until 2026. That's a guy that, when you're talking about the Giants in the NL West, they're actually in third place right now, I believe, uh, behind the Dodgers and behind the Padres. And that's a very contentious division. It's a very tight division. At 27 and 22, they're in third place right now. Uh, that's, a, that's a very good division. And, and when you look at that Giants team, they're an odd bunch when you just look at them anyway. But if you're looking at one position where they're not really getting the type of production that they, would, that they for sure would expect to get, but that they were hoping for, it'd be a catcher. Joey Bart has shown some things that, that I'm sure they look for him to be their, their catcher of the future. Um, but right now, at least, he's, he's been pretty bad for them. Uh, he's been slightly above average defensively, according to fan graphs, but offensively, he's striking out a 45% clip, hitting 153, 294, 306. That's an 82 WRC+. Plus. Uh, I think that if you're talking about maybe making Travis Darno one of the people offered in that deal, I think that that would be one where you could work in a two-war outfielder in Yastrzemski for essentially a two-war plus type of catcher in Darno. I think the Giants would get better because they do have a couple of guys in the outfield, including Luis Gonzalez, who they really, really like and have been trying to get him as much playing time as possible. You do have Jock Peterson out there, who's very similar to Yastrzemski. Now, you don't really want Jock in uh, center field anymore, but Jock's been on a big tear for them offensively, seems to be loving it out in the Bay. And while you're, you're really, you'd have to be overpaying slightly to get them to trade the favorite in Yastrzemski. I just happen to love Mike Yastrzemski, and I think he'd really fit with this team very, very well. Uh, and and I think 
it'd be hard to get him, but I think it's one that could be done. And I think if anybody could do it, I think Alex could. I don't know, obviously, if he's going to look for that or not. But I do think it opens up some interesting options where if you can find some teams that are good teams, that are real playoff caliber style of teams, uh, that are weak at catcher, which is pretty weak around the league, I think the fact that William Contreras is ready to take over um, and the fact that Chadwick Trump, while he's not a guy that you're going to want playing a ton, obviously, uh, he is a guy that has had that has been a decent defender uh, behind the plate and has also been mashing in AAA. Uh, he's a guy that I would not mind in the slightest as my backup catcher. Nine home runs for him and Gwinnett so far. Only has a 5% walk rate. He doesn't really walk very much, uh, but he's hitting 265, 300, 549 with a 118 WRC plus in Gwinnett. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty significantly down from where he was earlier in the season. I, I don't really care. He's been a plus defender in the majors before, and if I'm talking about my backup catcher, uh, ideally, I would like to see William there as much as possible. So I'd, I'd be fine with that. I, I don't know if that's something the Braves would want to do, as they seem to be a little bit lackluster in the leadership department without you-know-who. Uh, and Travis Darno is one of those guys that I do think is one of the real voices on the team. So that would kind of suck to lose him. Um, but I, I think that it's about making the team better. And I think that's something... You, getting William Contreras in the lineup every day is making the team better. And if that means you can improve yourself in another area while improving yourself in that area, then I think you do that. The, if anything, losing Freddie Freeman should show you that basically no player is ever safe, that it is, it is about the team aspect and not about the players themselves, whether you believe that that should be the case or not. Uh, if there was a trade that the Braves thought would make them uh, exceptionally better in dealing Ronald Acuna Jr., then they would and probably should do that. Now, as fans, we lock on to players, and that's that's our prerogative as fans. That's why we're fans, and that's that's you know the the joy of being a fan is you lock on to certain players. But for GMs, your your only concern is winning baseball games. Uh, so that's how the Braves are going to operate. I'd love to see you, Stremski. I don't. And Benintendi is another one. Now, I don't think that they would be offering for Travis Darno, as they seem to really like MJ Melendez and Salvador Perez up there in Kansas City. Uh, maybe you could look at some others. I don't know. There's a few outfielders that you could kind of look at and, and kind of throw some feelers out and see how it goes. But Mike Stremski is kind of one that I would really, really want to see here in Atlanta. But it is Thursday, which means as much as I'm talking about this, we got to get to our prospect spotlight segment. And today I'm going to do one that I guarantee 99% of y'all have not heard of. And that is Tyler Collins, an outfielder that the Braves drafted in the eighth round last season out of high school. Uh, don't have his season numbers in front of me from this season because he's been in rookie league. So he doesn't really have his 2022 stats readily available. Uh, but last year had a really strong debut season as an 18 year old who really wasn't getting uh, a ton of national spotlight wasn't like a top 100 type coming out of high school or anything like that. Uh, but last year for him hit 347, 424, 453 with a 140 WRC plus and 12 stolen bases. And that's what I like to see uh, from Collins. That's what you're going to see as you go forward. Now that WRC plus probably not going to stand around, but the OBP and the slugging being pretty close together, that's probably pretty likely. He is truly a throwback type of player. Uh, he has a really, really good feel to hit, has good hands at the plate. Uh, seems to know what he's doing. He will take his walks, which is good, as he was about two years younger than his relative competition. Um, had a 8.9% walk rate, I believe it was, last year. Hasn't hit his first professional home run that I'm aware of yet. Doesn't uh, doesn't have a lot of over-the-fence power. Uh, there's certainly some strength that he needs to add, but he shows a good eye at the plate. And for young guys, particularly young and fast guys, 
the the eye at the plate can kind of be what kind of lags behind. And, he, and his his best tool is clearly his speed. It's near top of the scale. At this point, he's probably the fastest person in the minor leagues for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I doubt he's faster than, than Acuna, but I would think that he is probably the fastest person in all of the minors. Uh, and that, that shows up on the base paths. As he is a true threat to steal pretty much any time he gets on base. He's a threat to stretch singles into doubles and doubles into triples. That's going to be kind of his game. He's not a guy that's going to come out and pop 20 homers. Now, as he gets bigger and adds some more strength, maybe maybe he gets to 5 to 10. But just looking at him so far and what I've seen so far, I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to be a home run threat. And that he doesn't have to be. That doesn't have to be his game. He's a guy that at least shows that he can be a center fielder. His arm, not great, kind of fringy. Maybe that gets better as he gets stronger. I don't really know. Um, but in center field, you don't really have to have the best arm on the team. Now, it does kind of mean he's either center field or left field, uh, and that kind of can put him in that Malik Smith kind of role where if you're if you're not good enough defensively to be in center field and you don't have power, then you're probably going to be a fourth outfielder at absolute best. Uh, but when you look at him, there's a lot of Michael Bourne there, and that's kind of what I think of when I see him. Now, obviously, that's a ceiling. Um, I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to come out and, and be like a superstar, an all-star, really even an uh, like a mainstay starting center fielder for the Braves. Maybe I'm wrong. He's he's 19 years old. So there's any number of ways his career could go. He's got a good body type on him. You know, 5'11", listed at 165-ish, 175-ish. Um, he can add on strength and weight and see if it affects his athleticism. Um, that speed should allow him to be a really good defender in center field. He's not right now. He needs to clean up a lot of the intangibles, things like his jump and his route running, things like that. He clean If he can clean that up, then that speed's going to allow him to be a really, really good defensive center fielder. Kind of he, he reminds me a little bit of Justin Dean, although Justin has way more power. Uh, and, and probably not as good of, of a knack of barreling up the baseball uh, as Tyler Collins. But I do like Tyler Collins. I like what I've seen so far. I think it's a name that you should write down. He's uh, Pipeline has him 23rd, I believe, in the Braves' top 30. I wouldn't be shocked if you see him move up fairly quickly. Um, now, he might, he'll probably take a little while to move up the system, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in A-ball fairly soon, uh, at, at the very least, to, to see what you have in him, see how fast he is ready to move. Uh, and guys like that, guys who can play good defense or who are really, really fast, you see Terrence Gore has made an entire career out of that. So Tyler Collins is going to be my prospect spotlight today. Make sure you write that name down on the list and check back in with him uh, and see where we're at with him in about a year or so. But that is going to do it for me today. Reminder, it is going to be Ian Anderson versus Austin Gomber in Colorado tonight. First pitch is at 840. So make sure you drink your coffee and you're ready to stay up late if you're old like me as uh, these West Coast games and Midwest games. I actually like 840 games I'm not gonna lie I feel like it takes me through to the right part of the night to where once it's done I'm, I'm ready to kind of to to relax a little bit and then get ready for bed I kind of enjoy that aspect of it uh, I don't like real west coast games where they're 9 40 10 o'clock those are too late but 8 10 8 40 I feel like those are good start times and also it means I have time to put my son to bed before the game starts so I don't have to miss the first inning uh, so I, I do appreciate that as well. But we'll see how Ian Anderson fares in Colorado, see if the Braves' offense uh, decides to mash a few taters of their own tonight, and hopefully the Braves come out of it with a win, and then we can uh, also win tomorrow night and, and grab our first uh, consec- or our first three-game winning or losing streak of the season. So that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back uh, again on Tuesday. Obviously, you can listen to me on Saturday, 680 The Fan, 93.7, or the 680 The Fan app, 9 to 11 on Saturday mornings. Thank you guys so much, and that's going to do it for me here on the six. Four three podcast.
That's all, folks. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 